Yeah, and that's Bart Ehrman's claim as well, um, that we know what the apostles wrote. I mean, <laughs> that's very, very clear. Because uh, I, I think it's funny. One, one time he was, I was, I was listening to this program. Uh, it was this atheist program. And um, they were having a discussion about manuscript history and all this kind of stuff. And the, uh, one of the atheists said, hey, you know, it, man, it'd be interesting, you know, Come on, Bart. What do you what do you think the Bible was really about? You know, like what do you what do you really come on? Tell us, you know, <laughs> kind of like jabbing Bart Ehrman to you know get the real truth out there. And Bart Ehrman just kind of is like quiet for a while, and he was like, "The Bible is about Jesus' life and him being crucified and <laughs> being raised from the dead." And so even Bart Ehrman was like, "No, we know what the Bible is originally about. There's it's no doubt." You know, like I said, the major skeptic he is, that's not Bart's issue, really. That's when it comes to manuscript, uh, you know, textual criticism. Like, we know what the Bible says. All things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology, where I'm your host, K-Dub, and today you're going to enjoy this episode. It's going to be a two-part series, so it'll be two videos, two podcasts to this exact conversation I had recently. If you've been following the channel, you've known that I've had a conversation with an atheist named Callie. He challenged me on uh, the Bible, Christianity, And he thought it would be interesting if I had a conversation with the former pastor. He's a former Christian. He's an ex-pastor. No believes the Bible. No longer believes in the Bible. So we had a dialogue. It's going to be a dialogue on the historical reliability of scripture. Can we know even what the apostles originally wrote? Uh, Can we actually know that? Is it reliable? Uh, Is it infallible? What does that mean? And so maybe it's some things you never thought about before that you will be challenged yourself listening to. So I hope you guys enjoy part one. Stay tuned for part two. It was written in uh, Hebrew and Greek was what he said. I had to correct him on you got Hebrew and small parts of Aramaic and certain prophets and then Greek. And 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 ever since then, I've been letting people know where I came from before I get into these type of discussions as to show them respect and to let them know I'm not a beginner at this topic. So uh, I started off in about 17 and a half, getting my life right after leaving South Florida, kind of a, a street life and just wasn't going well for me. So I made a change. I felt like God was giving me a new start. So I had moved from South Florida to Tallahassee. I was like, nobody know me. I'm going to start all over. All I knew was people in the church. That's where my grandma was. Um, I ended up, I was actually, should have been graduating, but at the time I had only gone to about the 10th grade. So I ended up taking my GED and passing it. And then, you know, I felt a little smart and working with people at the church and they was like, Hey man, you need to check this college out. I went to Southwestern Christian college, just so you know, I don't know if you know anything about churches of Christ. Uh, yeah, I know. I know, you know, a little bit about church of Christ. Okay, that's my background, just just so you know. Um, I went to Southwestern Christian College, got my associate's degree in uh, what they call Bible, and it was really Bible, like we everything is focused on the Bible. 
Um, I did at least do one year of Greek, so I know enough to be dangerous, not enough to translate anything. Um, I left there. I thought I wouldn't go to Morehouse. I was at Morehouse for about a semester. Hmm. I did my time in the U.S. Army Reserve. I graduated from FAMU with a degree in uh, criminal justice with a minor in religious studies. Since then, uh, full-time ministry from 2010, I was the minister at the Westside Church of Christ in Daytona Beach, Florida for three years. Then there's another Westside Church of Christ that was here in Jacksonville, Florida, where I am now. I became their minister for like three years. And even within the church, and I know you will be familiar with this um, because, you know, there were there was issues going on. At that, that time, I had gained some popularity in Jacksonville. I struck out on my own. I started my own congregation about 2016, I think it was, February, early 2016. Um, I was challenged by a friend of mine hmm. to prove some things. He was on Facebook making these different claims about, oh, the Bible is this, is that. And I was like, man, this dude don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to get him. Yeah, yeah. And he called me up and um, he was like, man, look, He's like, I probably can't out talk you, but I'm going to just challenge you, you know, to go and do the re- get the evidence, you know, for things like the Exodus and all that. Mm-hmm. And I say, my brother, um, I didn't find it when talking to credible. So I heard things from both sides. Um, and then I had to fall back and uh, do my own study. Mm-hmm. And 2019. I ended up resigning from a church that I started. So it wasn't one of those situations where the people pushed me out. I felt like these, you know, it's hard for people to learn anything new, you know, any, cause I wanted to get them to where I was as far as just understanding what I saw as substantiated things that, that were true, mm-hmm. that, that we could look at as it just was what it was. Um, I preached a sermon on, um, some things about the Bible. Um, most of the people were with me. Eight people decided to leave. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'd rather just leave y'all here and let my assistant take it at the time rather than, you know, hurting things. And then half or more of y'all leave. And then we're looking at the mortgage and everything. And you can actually search uh, Northbound Church of Christ. If you search that in YouTube, you know, you'll probably find a few of my sermons that are are straggling around out there. Yeah, well, um, I, I do. I would definitely mm-hmm. be uh, in, not to cut you off. I definitely want to. I just wanted to say, hey, I would definitely be um, uh, interested in in looking that up and and just uh, just seeing what you preach about it. And, and hopefully, this will be the start of conversations, not the one time. And you know, but ho- hopefully, hopefully, you know. No, man. Like, really, I love. To, to do this type of talk like I'm excited to have this talk now I wanted to tell you all that about myself so you will know who, who you're talking to um and just because I didn't know you I did go on the channel and try to view a few things of yours um I didn't finish it I did see this one you had I don't know who that dude was. it was it was something about the bible being infallible he felt like it was about eight months ago i think yeah, he posted I think, it yeah, i know what you're talking about yeah he felt as surreal surreal was his name or something like that and he felt like the bible had some issues in it and i guess your position was that no it's it, it doesn't have any issues in it and uh i thought based on a lot of you you know i see where you're coming from 
in in that particular box of a of talk or discussion, I agree with you on when when you say those things. It's just that I believe I, I think where his issue was is that he's still trying to hold to the Bible as true. I would bring up that the Bible has mistakes in it. This is probably would be our first point of disagreement. But I would bring up that it has issues. But of course, I'm not saying what he's saying and that I believe it's the truth and that I believe, you know, in the God of the Bible. Right, right. Um, so that would that would be the difference uh, in so, everything. So, so let me ask you a question, because I, I, I think it's important that, you know, we both understand where each other are coming from. I, I think that helps the conversation. So obviously you're not a Christian. You, you kind of made that clear right now. Um, are you an atheist? Are you a theist? Like, where, where's your your where's, was, your where's your commitments at now? You know what I mean? I was just going to tell you that. So right, cool. I'm not I'm not an atheist, and um, I don't subscribe to really in any religion. Mm-hmm. And my my thing about the creator that that I that I'm on at this point, to be totally honest, I tell people, look, I don't think I can prove it to you. I think it's just a belief that I hold right now. Hmm. So I'll tell anybody I'm not willing to go in on a debate with somebody about that. I don't feel like I can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just being straight up. No, yeah, yeah. How how yeah, however, when it comes to this topic and talking with my brothers and sisters that say things like, I don't know if this is your position. I just like I say, I didn't finish that video, but people that think that the Bible is infallible or that it comes from an all-knowing, all-powerful being, I I disagree with that. So that, that could be something we could discuss. And then there are things within it. Now, what I would do that is different from the discussion that you and Kali had is that I, I, think, I think I could get on your grounds. In other words, I'll come into your court. I'm not I don't have to necessarily deal with a lot of what's going on out here, depending on the, the, the topic. It, it all depends on the topic. But if we're talking about the Bible being infallible, you know, I'm, I can go right there with the Bible because you're not talking to somebody who doesn't understand what exegesis is, doesn't understand the difference in languages and cultures and all that. And her, you're talking to somebody that did it full time for some years, went to, had a little bit of schooling of it. I don't have a, bachelor's or a master's or a doctor degree in it but i've done it long enough you know i got the books i'm a logo software guy i got it on my computer i i know how to get in there and do what it do you know what i'm saying awesome, that, that, that's good because i think i i found myself and i, I kind of want to ask you a question just kind of like what you thought about the conversation but i found myself during the conversation mostly frustrated because i felt like they weren't actually speaking to actually what I believe, you know, you know, because he kind of was, um, you know, holding to this God of like, hey, if you pray, things just going to happen. Like, no. And I'm like, well, that's, that's not not really my position. So what what do you think about the conversation? You know, like good and bad. I, I, you're yeah. not going to hurt my feelings, you know. Well, number one, number one thing I would say to you, what I think her name, I don't know her name, but it was a, I think it was Sherry. Yeah. I don't know. People I, are didn't, I didn't know Sherry either. 
I don't even know where. I don't know if Sherry came from oh, the other side. Oh, that was, or, I, was like, I, don't, I don't know Sherry. <laughs> I don't know who Sherry is either. Now I knew the other, um, the other girl, um, trusting God. Mm-hmm. She's a believer. She's a Christian. Um, but the, I did the other girl. I didn't know. She, she, she. I guess she wanted to come see what y'all had to say. Well, go ahead, y'all. My bad. You good? Um, I will say this, and I think it's the way that people are perceiving you. Cause I, I perceive the same thing that you come off very arrogant when, when you're speaking to them. Now, whether you mean to do that, that's, that's a whole nother thing, but I'm telling you right now, I think she was right. As far as how it's coming off to people now do, can I, can I judge your heart? I can't. Let, let me, how, let me, let me say this because I imagine, you know, I I want to, I want to paint the picture rightly. So it doesn't make me seem more arrogant than what maybe it seems. Imagine you know about a subject, you know, you maybe you're a scholar in your field, okay? You you know your subject very well. Um, let's say it's your job. Um, and you have someone miss miss Yeah, you have someone misrepresenting your position and you're constantly saying, "Hey, that's not what Christianity or that's not sorry, what whatever your field is. That's not that's not accurate according to the field and you're pointing to them to resources. You're you're pointing them to scholars who who would affirm many of the same things. They're pointing you're pointing them to the source, mm-hmm. and they keep constantly misrepresenting what you believe. So, and I I think sometimes that will make you look arrogant, you know, when you're constantly correcting someone. So, you know, I mean, if if someone thinks I'm arrogant, I mean, that's their perception. I mean, let me just kind of jump in right here real quick. All right. So when we, you know, when we were talking about things, my thing was just prove your the existence of your God. You jumped into a bunch of, you jumped into a bunch of, is that subjective, objective, subjective, objective, subjective, objective, everything. Like there's a fork on the table. Is that subjective, objective? There's a there's a water in the pond right there. Is that subjective, objective? Like that's what that you know. Let me let me explain because I I I would hope now that you've you know maybe you got to listen to it again or, or whatever. Think about it. I don't think you understood my actual argument, my actual. And I, and I thought I stated it very layman's term, very uh, simple. And, and I, I got your argument, brother. Okay. I got it. So so I, I would like to uh, this. I, maybe this can open up a conversation between me and you, Eli, since you kind of said that, hey, you want to kind of get on that level. That, that'd be great. My actual argument is that once you deny the existence of God, you deny the Christian God. You are left to a. I never I, denied him, brother. I never denied. I, I would disagree. Since you call yourself an atheist, you are denying the God that I claim to believe in. No, you call you call me an atheist, but I, okay. I mean, All I right. just, I just, I just go ahead along with what people will put me in that box well, well, because well, I don't believe in the existence well, of a God. I well, Kelly, said, I, I mainly want. I mainly want. I mainly, wanna, I mainly want to talk to Eli. I'm know, sorry. Go ahead. Go, know, ahead. go ahead. Nevertheless. My argument was is actually a very, very what I believe. Obviously, you know, you may disagree, Eli. My my argument is a very powerful argument if you listen to it. My argument is that once you deny the existence of God, you're actually left to a futile worldview. And it's as uh, Greg Bonson stated, um, the young believer he can he can count. Sometimes he can account he can count better than the Christian, but the unbeliever cannot account for their accounting. If you understand that for what that means, uh, once once you deny the existence of God, you've given up one and ultimate authority. So now we get to issues like morality. And it was very openly admitted. Morality is subjective. Well, therefore, there's no moral arts. 
there's nothing someone must or must not do. So we get to areas of truth. We got to areas of logic. We're getting to basic everyday principles of life. And I'm showing how you, how the unbeliever does not actually live consistent with his worldview. That's what that's what I was doing. And that still did not prove an existence of a God. Kelly, I, I want to talk to you because that, that's what, what I was told what was going to happen. My my uh, my assessment, you know, because I did watch I did watch the whole thing of the, of that video. Okay. And I and I told I text Kali earlier. I thought it was very. I think I told him this. It might have been a friend of ours, the one. But I think I said it's very hard to watch. Um, cause honestly, I feel like, no, we have to establish what exactly is it that you believe and what exactly is it that the other side believes so we can get to a platform where we're discussing on the same level. And I, and I, and I was, I was missing that honestly on, on, on both sides, however, I do understand um, what Kali has done, and maybe just because I, I know his material and I know him, that his whole thing is, in general, okay, what's happening in religion, specifically Christianity, in general, not necessarily your belief, and I'm going to ask you later, because I heard you say in one of your videos, you're Baptist attending the Presbyterian church, so i I don't know what your view necessarily is, but that's where I am. You're talking to somebody that's going to ask you where you are, clearly define where I disagree, and then I'm going to ask you if you don't mind, because this is what I really want to do. It's for the people. Either way this goes, I may not convert you. You may not convert me. However, there are people on the fence, so I think what me and you could provide to the people is that we both get in here and with the best of our abilities, chop it up, the people will decide. So whatever the issue is, and one of them I believe could be that the Bible is infallible. So I'm going to ask you straight up, because the other thing was the tap dancing that he was referring to is when you start talking about things being subjective. So I'm going to ask you straight well, up, because I think you before, can answer this question. Before we, it's gonna, before we get ahead. there, that that's, that's the whole point of why... And, you know, I, I didn't like the terms of, you know, tap dancing because I, I don't think my actual argument okay. was. Uh, and, and I don't mean it, to offend you no, with no, that no, term. I, 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 I didn't know. I no, don't have another term it, or just I, just circling maybe. Or no, no, no. I, I, I get how it can seem like that. But that's that's and, and I, I I understand that you're using terminology that was previously used. I I, I understand your point. Um, but I'm saying my I don't think my argument was actually understood because if, if my argument would have been understood in that program it i think they would have saw that we what i'm getting at is we all bring presuppositions we all bring our biases to the evidence no one looks at evidence and says no one's neutral to evidence that's ultimately my argument everyone has pre-commitments and i'm and i'll show you an example i can show you a rock and what will you see or sorry sorry not you uh i'll show an atheist a rock what will they see oh millions of millions of years of evidence uh, millions of years of uh, evolution sorry Right. I'll show a Christian that same rock. And what will they see? God's creation. Did, now, did the evidence change? No, the rock stayed the same for the Christian or the atheist. Right. But what happened was what what changed was their presupposition they brought to the evidence. And so that's why I think the conversation should actually start 
at people's worldview before we get to the evidence. Does that okay. make sense? I, I think I can understand that. So here's what makes us a good talk, a good discussion, and perhaps in the future, a good debate. Because me and you are both starting with a worldview of a creator. So I'm different in that regard. However, I have a difference of belief that creator gave us some kind of book or you might actually find me to be more in favor of an atheist than a believer because right. I'm not a believer I'm just I'm just not right. I'm not with none of that mm-hmm. however I wanted to ask you uh, I want to ask you this question and this is something you can answer straight up and you got all the time in the world do you believe that the Bible is the unadulterated, infallible word of God. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I do think we should get on the conversation of worldviews, but I'll, I'll answer your question. Uh, but and I'll, and I'll, maybe I can explain again why I think that's so important. Uh, I absolutely, absolutely do. I am committed to the worldview that says God has spoken, that he can speak to man. Because um, it, it kind of sounds like you have more like a either an agnostic view of God or, or a deistic view of God that, um, God kind of creates and kind of sits back, winds the clock and lets us do our own thing. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, some, a lot of deists kind of hold to that view, but yeah, God, God has spoken in his word. He's made it very clear. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do believe in the inspired word of God. I, I, what I usually, um, hope and hopefully, you know, you, you understand what, what I mean, um, by inspired, by inspired word of God. I don't mean there there aren't translate translated errors um, because okay. we kind of we kind of got into that about the uh, creating evil. That was my next question. Like, what what does inspiration mean? And yeah, I may so, chime in to to just clarify. If I interrupt you, it only be to clarify. Not yeah, yeah, to that's disrespect. fine. We're, we're having a conversation, so I under, I you know I could take grace to you know some of that because you know I'll do the same as well if I not understanding something. Um, so when we when Christians speak of the inerrancy, there, there's a, a, a Chicago inerrancy statement that was written. Um, and what was defined ultimately was it was it's speaking to the original autographs. Um, you know, though we don't have the original autographs, we do have um, a long history, um, you know, and this is where textual criticism comes in, where, um, you know, we, we we understand through manuscript history. We though we do not have the originals, we are very confident um, in what the word the word of God says, as Daniel Wallace says, it's not that we lack evidence when it comes to manuscripts. What we actually have is a 11, 1100 uh, puzzle piece to a thousand piece puzzle. If that makes sense. We actually have a plethora of evidence that we're, that we have too much evidence, so to speak, you know, more than any, um, more than any work of antiquity. You know, you get to things like Islam, uh, kind of like Aristotle's works, any any work of antiquity, but pretty much before the printing press, like Christianity, like, I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches. So one, if we're going to doubt the Bible, I mean, we have to doubt everything before the printing press, I, I would argue. Okay. So I'll say, I'm, I'm going to say a point of contention, mm-hmm. spice this up a little bit. I have a... um presentation i think i still have it on my computer it's called non-apologetic apologetics when i used to preach i used to uh say i don't make any apologies about this and that whole series that i did was along the lines what you're talking about how many manuscripts we had at the time i preached this like in 2010 
And here's the thing that I really didn't consider at the time. Number one, to say that you have a lot of confidence in a document and what you don't have the original of is a very presumptuous claim because there has been on the other side some scholars and, and I, I don't what I don't want to do is get into too much I, I don't mind quoting scholars we, we, we both can do that I can tell that you you read and you got scholars and stuff that you study obviously with my background that's all I I mean I have to go through all of that so I mean Doc, you bring up Dr. Daniel uh, David Wallace um, in his debate with Dr. Bart Ehrman. Um, one of the things that I notice about the two of them is that although Daniel Wallace acknowledges that there's a lot of evidence, however, it's pinning down what is actually the original. So when we say we have too much evidence, I used to ask a friend of mine this this question. He's a former friend of mine. I was like, where, since we have so much, ha who has done the work and reconstructed what was originally there? I don't know. I'm going to ask you, are you familiar with pericope adultery, the yeah. woman called an adultery? Okay. Yeah. So that's a very basic one and a well-known one. But the fact that that exists, and I, I also want to ask you this, what version of the Bible you prefer? According to my videos, I think you prefer the ESV. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, ESV or the NASB. Um, there, NA, there are many, okay. Yeah, there's many fine translations. But I'll, I'll address what you're talking about with the uh, pericope adultery, because I'm very familiar with that. And that's a if you study King James only, that's bound to come up. Um, but um, yeah, so I would hold that as not original. My reason why. Um, and, and people like Dame, uh, sorry, uh, Dr. James White, he brings this up in his book on King James controversy, uh, King James only controversy. Uh, one of the issues he brings up is that that passage seems to be one of those historical oral traditions that was brought up in the early church. And the reason why we, you know, he believes that or, you know, believes that it's not original is because it's a it seems like it's a passage looking for a place in scripture rather than um, something that was copied. And we have, you know, because it's, it's it's found like in four different spots in the Gospels. And so that seems to be something that, um, you know, people are looking to to put it somewhere. If that if you understand what I'm what I'm saying. And so I would I, I would I think I understand. But what okay. do you mean when you say it's found in four different spots? Clarify that for me. So like it's it's in different it, it's in different books of the Bible, like in different places, like in different manuscripts. It's it's not like John one is John one. Like it's it's you know what I'm saying? In many uh um manuscripts. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Right, right. I understand yeah. manuscripts and so what you're saying and, and just to demonstrate that I may be following you, when you talk about the different manuscripts, is he saying that it's found in like the Alexandrian text and then it's also found and uh, so, the, so, um, so let me the, let me some other text, but just in a different part of what we would call the Bible, just like in a different gospel. But so in my understanding, um, it's so imagine, you know, John, let's let's take let's just take uh, chapters one through five. OK, OK. Um, so, right. We know where John one is. Right. So imagine um, John one, one through 18. That's, uh, you know pretty much uh the bookends of the opening of a uh, john you know where he's establishing deity christ all sorts of things like that 
imagine that being found in John 1, in John 3, in, in a different manuscript, and then in John 5 in another manuscript. That, okay, I'll follow you. That's what I'm talking about. And that passage, the, the pericope adultery, is found like that in many uh, manuscripts. It's it's That's why I think James White, I've heard him describe it as um, a, a passage looking for a place in Scripture rather than because if, if it was in a certain spot like John 1, um, we would have tons of manuscripts histories for for that, as you know, but that's not the case for the pericope adultery, you know, it's, it's, it's jumping all over, almost like it's trying to find a spot. That's kind of so what I'm getting be, at. Because it's jumping all over, did Dr. White come to the conclusion that it is not original text, rather than it is spurious text? Okay, so here's, and, and this is where I'm keeping it clear, and, I, and there will be no confusion. This is a point of contention. Because when you have a text that's floating around like that at different places in time, and then you have the scholars that, you know, Dr. White, Dr. Wallace, Bart Ehrman, you go on and on for days, pretty much most of the mainstream scholars accept that this is not an original passage. Now, here's, remember my earlier question to you about whether or not the Bible is the infallible word of God. Mm -hmm. If we agree that this this pericope of scripture is not original, yet it has made it into the ESV, the NASV, of course the KJV, right? It's got a whole bunch of junk in it. And, and the thing is, with that being in there, how is it that what most people consider the word of God can contain a passage of scripture that shouldn't be there, yet we still call the word of God unadulterated. Yeah. When the word unadulterated means unmixed and as it was from the beginning. I think we would at least have to admit it is not as it was from the beginning because something has been inserted. See, what only, only if you hold that a translation is the inspired word of God. That's why I separated that for one. I think you would be right if that was my view, which it's not. Two, uh, it shows that Christians aren't trying to be dishonest about anything. We, you know, we we're going to put everything up the front. We're going to put all the evidence up front, and um, we're going to deal with it. Uh, unlike kind of like Islamics uh, or sorry Muslims, they've <laughs> burned a lot of their manuscript history. Um, three, um, what was my third point? Oh. Um, uh, I, I've, I've heard it concluded to this point as well. Imagine I write a book and I have, I have my books. Hold on. Let me, let me give you a better picture of what I'm saying. I, I write, I write books, right? And this is my book. This is my canon, right? These are my canon that is written by Chris. Okay. Eli comes along and says, Hey, no, this is canon. Now, is that a corruption? Is that a is is that a um, you know corruption of my works? I would argue no. Rather, um, it's it's an uh, addition. It's it's not an act. It's it's not even addition. It's it's an attempt, but it's not actually my works. And so to to try to so so to getting to this this point about uh, textual criticism and and someone adding to the word of God. That's actually not 
adding to the word of God. It's an attempt to add to the canon, but it's not actual word of God. It's 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 not my writings, you know, in the analogy. It's an attempt, but it's not actually what I wrote. So inspiration has to deal with what God has wrote, not what other people have wrote. That's 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 a good point. Now, let me use the same point that you made for for clarity and help you understand where I am. So you have, you know, your your books, right? You you got your books and then I come along, you know, and I say, no, this is canon, right? And you're saying, no, from from here to here is 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 the word of God or in or your canon. Mm-hmm. We're using you as the word of God. But I yeah, add, in the analogy, you know, yeah. I, yeah, in the analogy, I added this and I say, no, this is canon, right? Now, you and me both are dead and gone. And years say later, that, say that, say that again. I say you and me both, maybe you know we pass away or whatever. Okay, we, we're gone. You know, mm-hmm. been however many years. And what happens is, is ah, that people I, I, come I, I, to believe. I know where I know where you're going. You know but go ahead. Let, yeah. let me finish. Okay. So you come, people come to believe that all of this is the word of God, not just you know what you wrote over here. But they believe that all of this, all of it together, this is canon. Mm-hmm. Even if what I'm saying in here might be contradictory to some of the things that you're saying, but but it's in there. Now right. I bring that up. I bring that up because this seems to be um, what has happened. And if we have the ability to separate if we have the ability i mean the scholars i mean those that have more resources than you and i they have access to the manuscripts uh that date back to closer to the events if they were able to actually separate it out and say this is the word of god and this over here was added later why don't we have a bible that actually shows that because even in the translations, the ESV, the NASV, the KJV, the NLT, the whatever, it contains the pericope adultery. And yep. the only way the um and there's the good reason average for it. reader, the only way the average reader is gonna know that is if they read their footnotes and understand manuscripts. But that's yep. not what uh, again, and I'll go back to what Kali said, that's not what's being told commonly out here people raise their bibles up and say this is the word of god so right, if so, you so, so think let me that you that. have the word of god i need you to be able to point out what parts are not scripture and what parts are and and then tell me how you know the difference okay so um thousands of years of christian history has been addressing this um um, with people like Erasmus, I mean, John Wycliffe, um, so anybody who's done any kind of textual work in translation has been doing this work. Um, it's, it's and 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 I'm a layman, so I don't I don't claim to be a textual uh, critic. But Me too. I, I do. I do. Also. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I do read uh, uh, textual critic works. Uh, uh, you know, issues of canon. Um, before I address your point, let me um, actually recommend a source. Um, Canon Revisited, I've, I've, I've recommended this book numerous times by Michael Kruger. It's an uh, excellent resource when it comes to this issue. But 
Let me actually. Sorry, I got to keep my books in order, man. <laughs> but uh, I understand mine let... are packed up right now. Yeah, let me. Uh, so so the analogy I gave was not full because I didn't actually um, address this point. And you kind of got to it into your analogy. So manuscript history and, and, and the tons of main, that's why I said this 11,000 piece puzzle, puzzle is actually helpful because it's not like we have, and this is the difference between Christian, Christian manuscript history versus Islamic manuscript history. They have one text or they have very few uh, manuscripts with very little textual data with di very diff uh, different or small um what do you call textual errors? And hopefully you understand what I mean by errors. Um, mm -hmm. That's a technical term in textual criticism. Or, mm -hmm. um, but so, and so Islam thinks that's an actual strong argument, right? We, we actually know what was said, but actually in reality, you actually don't know <laughs> because it's, you know, not having the, 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 the long textual uh, manuscript history that the Bible does have you act, it actually weakens your case. And this is the point I'm getting to. So, um, texts like the Pericope Adultery. Uh, a text arises saying it's canon, like kind of like your analogy you gave. Um, it's canon. The reason why, in my analogy, it made it sound like we just have one manuscript, you know, but we, ha we have like thousands. And so as mm -hmm. the Bible yeah. circulated and formulated into other regions, you actually get a stronger case of what was said. And so texts that arise out of nowhere is actually strong evidence that it was not original or you have no early manuscript history for it. It's actually very strong evidence that it was not original. And so we have cases like that for the Bible. Does it take work? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we have to do the work because we're dealing with a historical document as well. And so to do that work. So I, that, that would be my argument for, hey, how can we know what the word of God says? You know, especially especially when it comes to like, you know, the New Testament, which which flowed and like like I said, there's a very strong um, history to it. Thousands, uh, I think there's over uh, six thousand manuscripts of the of the New Testament in Greek alone. Greek alone, um, right. and yeah. so there's a so you can you can you know. Thankfully, we do have uh, textual scholars who who do this kind of work who can say, um, you know, we know this was said. Even even Bart Ehrman, the skeptic and the agnostic that he is says we know what the bible says now the issue he gets into where where i, I like discussing is actually the worldview he, he he doubts the the supernatural aspect of it right and, and of course he's an he's an he's an atheist but he he's he's very honest saying yeah we he's, know what the bible I meant says. to say that let me say that in, in respect for dr Ehrman. um he's an agnostic which yeah. means he says that he doesn't know it's a little bit different uh not not much different but I think but I think I've heard different. rumors of like him actually moving to a what he calls a happy atheist position. But th that's the last I've he heard. May, he may have lately. I haven't been following him for a few months, but I was really heavy into some of his uh, stuff um, about a year ago, right down to having some some uh, studies he was doing online with just like a few people. But um, right. OK, when, when you say that we have all of these manuscripts, so I think that we could put that down as a point that you believe that the Bible is infallible. Mm -hmm. I don't. That's mm -hmm. something I would be willing to have. And when I say a, a formal debate, I'm only putting it that way 
because I want more information to get out there to the people that are trying to decide and perhaps uh, watch two intelligent minds discuss it and use um, some things that they have found in their experience and in their study, and then they can make their own decision and ask questions. I actually should have started off with this. I know one of the things you were concerned about on Kali's channel is people jump you. I told Kali I wouldn't mind this discussion being live. However, I didn't also want people coming in and questioning, but they could type in what questions or whatever they wanted to ask me I, I, or I you. wanted I, I didn't I didn't mind it live. I just wanted it me and you having this discussion because right now right. I think we're, we're I actually agree. having a, I agree. I think I we're agree. having a very fruitful and, and informative discussion, even for people that'll be watching later, you know. Um so but like when we 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 kind of get the theatrics of the comments and you know we got other people in who may not be as knowledgeable to have and that's not me insulting people. I mean not everybody just, knows everything. It is what it is. I yeah. mean, I don't know everything. You don't know everything. Exactly. on what we're talking about. And uh, but back to this manuscript um thing, I think it's I think it's interesting. So you're saying that because of the abundance of manuscripts and because of the abundance of evidence that we can get, are you saying that we can get back to what the original actually says? Is that your claim? Yeah, and that's Bart Ehrman's claim as well. Um that we know what the apostles wrote. I mean, <laughs> that's very, very clear. Cause uh, I, I think it's funny. One, one time he was, I was, I was listening to this program. Uh, it was this atheist program and um, they were having a discussion about manuscript history and all this kind of stuff. And the, uh, one of the atheists said, Hey, you know, it, man, it'd be interesting. You know, come on, Bart, what do you, what do you think the Bible was really about? You know, like, what do you, what do you really, come on, tell us, you know, <laughs> kind of like jabbing Bart Ehrman to, you know, get the real truth out there. And Bart Ehrman just kind of, it's like quiet for a while. And he was like, the Bible is about Jesus' life and him being crucified and <laughs> being raised from the dead. And so even Bart Ehrman was like, no, we know what the Bible's originally about. There's, there's no doubt. You know, like I said, the major skeptic he is, that's not Bart's issue, really. That's when it comes to manuscript, uh, you know, textual criticism. Like, we but know he, what the Bible he, says. He does say that the Bible has mistakes in it. Yeah. So 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 th this is kind of to your point. And so Bart Ehrman kind of holds a very. I, I, one, I would say minor position on this, but also um, to me, it's kind of just. I mean, it's a skepticism. So his argument is if God inspired, kind of like what you were talking about, if God inspired it, then there should be no differences in translation. Like, it, <laughs> so so he's like, if God, like the, the person, the copiers, right, the person uh, translating it, as soon as they were about to make a mistake, it's like God should have struck them down. You know, it's almost, so it's like, it's to me, it's really, really foolish. Like, well, God inspired it in this manner because um, because guess what? Here's here's the here's the real skeptic would think if we had no errors that it was formulated in a room, you know, that certain men got together and formulated it. But it's actually in the errors. We know that it was a free, free and um, free of uh, yeah, free tr transmission rather than a control transmission. And I, I, th I think that's a huge point.
That's interesting you say that. That's interesting you say that because from what I understand, you know, of course we're dealing with, we call it the Bible, we call it a book, but you and I know it's a library. It's written, of course, by various people over different periods of time. Mm -hmm. Now, my understanding of an all-knowing, all-powerful being guiding, okay, the production of said book or books this is where the community is is lost on what you're saying mm -hmm. because it would seem that an all-knowing all-loving and all-powerful being could take and, and not that i believe luke or, or paul or john or matthew were, i'm going to use those names for accommodative language but it would sound to me that that what he could take Matthew, okay, writing in whatever it was, AD 60 or whatever, and have him write something that's going to be in accordance with what Luke is going to write due to his investigation, not necessarily guided by the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you disagree with that, but Luke does say it was an investigation that he did that led him to the things that he, he put in his gospel. And because God sees all time at one time, he would make sure that what Luke said is, is, is in accordance with what Matthew said and, and right on down the line. So it's not that uh, we believe that they had to be in a room and conspire to come up with the scriptures, but rather, I used to teach this when I'm from the pulpit. When I was preaching, I would say the Bible has many writers, but one author. I, I used to say that. Mm -hmm. because just because different points in time if there is one author guiding this writing he could ensure that the word is in accordance because you know why because he would also foresee that people are going to have this debate and why leave the atheist or anybody else with a leg to stand on so when you can allow for people over periods of time one of the things i used to say oh, we know the Bible is inspired because it was written over, you know, a period of 1600 years with 40 different writers and three different continents. I used to say stuff like that. Because, one main point. <laughs> okay. Well, well, yeah, one, 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 one main point is what is what said. However, is this a book? I guess what I'm getting at is this. The community will want to know is this what you expect from an all-knowing, all-powerful being that is, is promised to preserve the word? And now we have pericope adultery. We have the long ending of Matt, uh, Mark uh, 16. And, and we have other passages that are debated as to whether or not being in there. First John 5, me? 7. Because we have so many of these texts and we know where they are. My question would be, then why, if we know where they are and we know which ones shouldn't be there and we have the evidence for why they shouldn't be there, why are they there? I would like to see the yeah. Bible produce that it is claimed, hey, these are the original words. And I think the reason that can't be done is quite simple because we don't have the originals. We just don't. No, so 
like I said, if, if that's going to be your skepticism, then we don't know anything written prior to the printing press. I mean, that's if that's your position. All right. That's that's your position. Well, well, well I, I would disagree that we don't know anything because here's where. But where do we have study. the where do we have the originals for 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 writings of Plato, Aristotle, uh, you know, the book? Of, I'm glad you said that. Any, I, I, we don't I'm have any of the originals. And matter of fact, we don't, we don't have we don't have near as much as uh, textual manuscript history can you put that in the form of a question because i like to answer straight up so okay so if that is your i want to answer it fairly not in a uh you know terrible i want to ask i want to ask the question in a better question so if that is your standard (laughs) of a historical document uh and, and i'm not just saying the bible is just a historical document i'll 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 put like this i'll answer your question about the supernatural in a second but you say you want to answer this so if your 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 um standard for um i guess textual history has to be you know we have to have the originals in order to determine the um what was originally said how do you how do you determine other writings of antiquity that's the question all right great so here's my answer my answer is this number one The claim about the Bible is that it is overseen by an all-knowing entity that is all-loving and cannot make any mistakes. That right there alone puts it in a different category than what we would require humans just are simply recording history. The other thing about the originals and whether or not they're originals, we would never know because I had made this in a Facebook post some years ago is that God would know number one, that people could be manipulative. I mean, he engineered them according to the Christian doctrine. So why would he allow for things to be written on the parchment when we go to the quote unquote enemy in the Bible, which is right there in Egypt, these individuals wrote things on stone. The thing about writing things in stone is that you either have to destroy it and it's no longer there or it's there. <laughs> you know, that that's that's the thing. So, so here we are moving from writing things in stone and something that's more sure to allowing people to, to change it. So when you say we get to the printing press, that's that's the difference. But that you, a, a all-knowing entity oversee this. Everybody would expect issues. And when we when we teach history, when we talk about Plato and Socrates and all that, we can only tell in history because we can't put it in a test tube like we do other sciences. We can only tell in history what most probably happened. But when it comes to the issue of salvation, such something so serious as where you go when you die, that's something that that you know we don't want to leave why would a god an all-knowing all-loving all-powerful being leave it to a chance that's not something to play with who cares if what if we got it wrong with plato who cares if we got it wrong with socrates who cares if you know uh Socrates was real or not and we only have writings about nobody cares but the claim that if you don't believe in Jesus you're going to hell that's something we need to know 
we don't need no mistakes there, bro. I, I, Would you I, agree? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree, and I understand your point. But what I, what I'm showing, okay, yes, the, the supernatural issue, I'll, I'll address that in a second. But even on a historical basis, I think you have a double standard. I, I'll say that. But let me let me address the supernatural point because um, I, it, I think it actually shows the grandeur of God in, in the midst of fallible men. Though we have fallible men writing, copying, you know, we have copious errors or, uh, you know, things like that. We still can know, even according to Bart Ehrman, like I said, what the Bible originally said. So despite I actually think that does show uh, God's um, working throughout uh, history. And so ra rather than just seeing, um, you know, because because what what I think we're I think what's done most of the time is focusing on well, just kind of like what you said. Well, if we kind of like, well, take take the Pericope adultery out. Well, it's it's not a part of the canon. That's the whole point I'm making. Um, and the re and the reason why we even have it in translations is to be honest with Christians, to let them know about their own textual history. And like you said, there are footnotes letting people know about those things. Now, it'd be, it'd be one thing if we were trying to hide it, <laughs> like where I would be like, OK, yeah, man, I, you got a point on this issue. But but Christians, we, we don't want to hide our textual evidence like Islam does. Like I said, Islam and to your point about the stones, that actually didn't help them because it was written on stone. It was written on bone. And and we don't actually have a strong um, uh, textual history when it comes to uh, Islamic manuscripts as we do Christian. So so that 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 still wouldn't help the issue, I don't believe. Um, for one, because you don't have the originals for that either. So, um, to, you know, there's a lot of things we don't have the originals that were written on stone, maybe originally. And so it, that that wouldn't help the issue just to address that point. But. The larger point is, even despite these copious errors, we still can know what the original meant. Okay, despite a copious error, we still can know what the original meant. Absolutely. Now, so let me I, ask you this: yeah. Is it important, more important, that we have the originals, the original word of God? Or is it more important that we uh, include all the so-called extra spurious texts in order to show people that we are being honest, not necessarily God, but but that people that are doing these translations are being honest? Which one of those is more important, the original or that we include one that also has what shouldn't be there? So we can show yeah. we're honest. So, so your question, how I how I hear it, and I can only answer how, how I understand the, it. It addresses maybe the false dichotomy that I understand it, because because it's not one or the other. There's a third option, both. You know, we want Christians to know about their textual history. We want to be honest. We want to be honest with all that, you know. But and again, all this, all, all the textual history stuff. I think is not the actual the strongest argument against my position. Once you understand my, my original point about inerrancy, it has nothing to do with the copies, but it's, it has to do with the originals, but the, it has to do with the originals. Right. Right. So, so would you agree as of right now, we have defined a clear point of difference between us is that you believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. And I would be in the negative saying that it is not inerrant and yeah. that it has plenty of things in it. So yeah. I guess if we agree, okay, so that would be something I would be willing 
to have, you know, a a a a, a debate on or something like that. Yeah.